it's here. October's finally here. We've made it, everybody, my little darklings. We've made it to October. Somebody wake up Green Day. I think that's one of our jobs, right? We've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got a couple of great guests joining us and Jason Gowan. So make sure that you stay tuned. We've got a lot to discuss. The Ghost Magnet is in the house. Bridget Marquart, Jamie Kaler, Jason Gowan from the Parents Lounge join us as we go upon further review and beyond. That's all next on the best in Paranormal Talk Radio. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not gonna stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't baloney. He doesn't stand for baloney. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. Uh, we are back. Your under-the-weather host is back in his seat. I got to tell you, I had COVID earlier this year, and I felt like this is what people are complaining about? This is nothing. I picked up a cold. I've now tested negative four times for COVID. This thing is kicking my ever-loving ass all up and down the square. But I am here. We're going to have some fun tonight. We've got a lot to discuss. And um, for those of you that checked it out last night, we are down to just one episode left of The Ghosts of Devil's Perch on Travel Channel and Discovery+. Plus. It's airing this Sunday and I would like you to join me. How do you do it? Well, we're going to be out in Butte itself. That's right. I'm going to be there all weekend long. A lot of cool stuff going on. Friday, I'm going to be doing uh, a radio show out there, and I'll be putting up a link on my social media so you can listen in and, and hang out with us. That'll be 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Saturday, I'll be at the World Museum of Mining doing a book signing. And uh, Sunday, that day, 4 p.m., World Museum of Mining, meet and greet. You can come on out, meet me, greet me. Let's have some fun. 6 p.m., we're heading over to the Motherload Theater for a Q&A to talk about all the high strangeness from this season 7 p.m it's time for the season finale i can't believe it eight episodes boom just like that gone and we've got the best for last you can join me there for a donation of just ten dollars per person all the proceeds go to the world museum of mining and the mother load theater for hosting us in and we're going to raffle off 10 vip tickets to go underground with me we're going to go back into the World Museum of Mining, and we're going to see what the spirits have to say. How do you join me? Just go on out to Butte, Montana. I'll be kicking around. I'll be at all of these great locations. You can find me, and I'll be hanging out doing some of the tours with Chris Fisk. You can check out the uh, the tours that we discuss as well with the Spooks and Spirits Tour, Haunted Walking Tour, Haunted Trolley Tours. And we've got a lot that's going to be going on this weekend. I'm super excited about making it out for that. And then I am out of here. I'm off to Ireland, where I'm going to be enjoying uh, eight, nine days out in Ireland with a bunch of our listeners and fans of the supernatural and paranormal. And then I go straight to Scarefest in Lexington, 
Kentucky. And hopefully by then I will have shed all of these molecules and germs and refreshed and feel better and be less blotchy, less sweaty, and just as much fun as normal. So make sure you go check that out, darknessevents.com to find out where I'm going to be and how you can join me in the next few weeks. All right, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been a guest on her program. She is uh, now joining us for the very first time, and I'm excited to have uh, have her join us. We got a chance to meet and hang out at the Michigan Paracon this year, and uh, just a delight. She was great. She brought her mom along. How much more wholesome and healthy can you be? Please help me welcome the ghost magnet herself, Bridget Marquardt. Hey, Bridget, how are you? Hi, good. I'm great. I have to say your intro is so spooky and so professionally done. Well, thank you. I have no <laughs> hand in that. I simply turned over all the goods to Bart L., my my producer, who whips up this stuff for me and knocks it out of the park every time. So I appreciate that. It, um, it really put me in the mood. Well, that's the idea, right? We're trying to <laughs> get people, get those juices flowing for the spooky, and we're going to have a good time with that uh, this evening. First of all, uh, I know your mom's tuned in. So hi, Judy. Good to see you. Thanks for oh, stopping good. in and checking out the show. Um <laughs> We've uh, a little bit later on, Jamie and Jason are going to join us for a pond for the review. <laughs> Wait till you see the horrible, I mean, the horror movies I made them watch, Bridget. I've got to get you on. Are you willing to do that for me? Can I send you off to watch a movie of my choosing and then have oh. you come back and, and uh, do a review for us? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes. See, my, my, I always hope to find some forgotten gem, something that maybe you don't know about. Maybe you've heard about in in whispers and passing and then bring it back. And we've brought back some great horror movies and some clunkers. So uh, tonight you'll have to decide for yourself whether I gave Jamie and Jason clunkers or a couple of uh, deserving gems. But okay. we're going to also be talking about horror movies. Bridget's brought along her top 10. I brought my top 10. Jamie and Jason have brought along their top 10. We're going to be going to you, our viewing audience, and throwing up some of your favorite horror movies as well. Try to think outside the box. I don't want to just see the same old titles because you know we're already going to cover some of those, but we want to see some of the other cool ones that maybe people don't know about. So we can all enjoy this holiday season. Um, Bridget, you've got a lot going on. Talk to me about being a ghost magnet. Do you feel that you really do draw spirits to you, or are you one of those lucky people that just happens to be in the right place at the right time when the spirits decide to come out and play? Well, um, I feel like it's just been something that's been with me my whole life. So I don't think that I have any better luck necessarily in a location than anyone else at any given time. But it's just something that has been with me since I was very young and is still with me today. So I think that's where the name came from. Are you have, have you always been pretty open to the spirit realm as as an accepting or was it frightening at first, especially if it's been with you this long? Both. I always uh, felt drawn to the spooky side of things. I always, even from a very young age, loved spooky movies and ghost stories. Like I was fascinated by all that, wanted a Ouija board so bad. And then um, when I first had my, my first experience, it terrified me. <laughs> like I was so scared and didn't know how to handle it. And um, I think it's still that way today. I think that things happen that are spooky, but that's part of the adrenaline of it and part of what makes it interesting and keeps you motivated and wanting to experience more. Like I'll experience something. It'll scare me the crap out of me. And then I'm like, oh, do it again. <laughs> now, when you had your first experience, the one that really scared you, uh, mm -hmm. when you look at it now, 
is it one of those things that still is frightening to you to, to kind of look back upon? Or have you, as you've matured and, and started to understand the paranormal and supernatural a little bit, um, you know, do you look at it in a different way? No, it's still really scary to me. Um, and I don't feel like I've ever fully figured out what was going on. Um, mm -hmm. And all of the different aspects that happened, it was just do you want me to tell you what happened or do you want me to just Please. Okay. No, let's tease the audience. We I don't know. like to actually tell stories, just allude to the fact we've had them. What what was your what was your experience? Okay, that makes it easier. So I was um <laughs> I got a Ouija board. Okay. And I had my cousin who was uh, about a year or two younger than me playing with me. My brother was sitting there too. Uh I was only 12, 11 or 12. I didn't know very many people. Neither one of us knew very many people who had passed away at that point in our lives. So we didn't know who to ask for, who to talk to. But my great grandfather had died and I did know him. He had died recently. So I was like, let's ask for my great grandfather. So we're uh, playing the Ouija board and we're asking for him and it's moving and it's answering questions, but I'm accusing her of moving it. She's accusing me of moving it. And eventually we just are bored. We think each other's doing it. We put the game away or the board away, I should say. Um, and then she has these three marks on her leg when we get done playing, like deep indents. And I guess depending on how you look at it, like crosses or X's, deep. It, like okay. as if she had been leaning against something kind of sharp for an extended period of time. And it mm. wasn't like the board was on our legs. It was on the floor in between us. So it wasn't the board. So she was really freaked out by that. And then... Um, that, so that's what happened to her. And then nothing really happened to me right off the bat. But then a few days later, I came home from school. Uh, we live way out in the country, middle of nowhere. Um, I was home alone, come home, sit down at the coffee table, and I'm watching TV, I do homework, whatever I'm doing there. And I hear the back door swing open. I had just come in through the back door. So I figured, oh, I didn't close it tight. So I got up, go to the, through the laundry room, shut the back door and don't think anything of it. Go back to the living room. A few minutes later, I hear the door swing open again. And now I'm thinking, well, that's weird. So mm -hmm. something must be wrong with the door. Like it's not latching right or something. So I get up, go back out there, look around a little bit, you know, check the doorknob, close it push on it. Everything seems to be fine. Walk back into the other room. I hear it open again. Cause it kind of, when it opens, it kind of swings and slams against the, sure. you know, things. So. so then I was like, now I'm scared. Right. Cause like somebody's messing with me now. And like mm -hmm. I said, we live in the middle of nowhere. So there's not like people or neighbors or friends or family that's like walking around and just like joking with you or anything like that. So I was like, um, so now I'm really nervous and I'm walking back in there and doors wide open and I go out on the back porch and I like, look around. Is there anybody out there? I don't see anyone. And I would be able to see somebody. And so I quickly shut it and I lock it this time and I make sure it's locked. Mm -hmm. And as I'm walking out of the laundry room, I see down the hall, is my great grandfather standing there out of the corner of my eye though. And then when I turn to look straight on, it's gone, but then it's followed up for like the next year and a half, two years of my life, maybe more, maybe even more with nightmares and feeling of um, somebody like always watching me and like stalking me and like just really negative things happening. Mm -hmm. And I've never figured out what it was or why it was happening. And I've never, um, 
I quit playing the Ouija board. My mom threw it away. Then it was back in my closet. I do not what? know how that happens. My mom could testify she's on here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got in trouble for like pulling it back out. And I'm like, I did not like, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. And I was kind of thinking that looking back on it now, I feel like it was maybe we weren't talking to my grandfather, we were talking to somebody and it was like a trickster of mm -hmm. some sort, impersonating my grandfather. Um, I don't know. I saw my, our family, like paranormal was not something that was my family was into or anything like nobody really thought anything of it. And so um, half the family thought I needed to talk to the pastor at our church. And the other half of the family thought I needed a psychiatrist. And so we kind of did both. And um, the pastor came over, I could tell he really didn't believe me. But he did give me one good piece of advice. He said that I should keep a diary of everything that happens. And so I did. And then the psychiatrist, um, she did believe in that kind of stuff. But she kind of thought maybe there was a trauma involved or something. Oh. I don't think so. But she did give me one good piece of advice. She told me to go to his grave and whether it was him or not, ask him to make it stop. And I did do that. And eventually it did stop. So I think those were two good pieces of advice that I got. But uh, my cousin who played with me got super terrified and really turned to religion and mm. like has been to this day. And even I invited her to the Winchester house. I was filming something there a few weeks ago to come uh, her and, and my other cousins to come and like hang out and see things and stuff. And she um, was like freaked out when they started telling ghost stories and wanted nothing to do with it and left early. So that she's still that scared from the wow. incident that happened. And I went the opposite direction. I was fascinated and wanted to know more and wanted to stay in haunted locations and have an experience again and so yeah that's when it started <laughs> very cool yeah it's it's weird how as a child you know i've talked a lot about the different things that i've seen i think still the most frightening thing to me was uh we were in texas victoria texas visiting my great uncle and his wife and my parents had one room and I was sleeping in a room with my grandfather. There was two twin beds in this room. My grandfather snored like a chainsaw going through glass, right? So just yeah. brutal. And I woke up in the middle of the night and rolled over because his snoring was so loud. And I happened to notice and it's like three o'clock in the morning, of course. And I roll back away and I'm facing the wall in the window. And all of a sudden I see this shadow fill the door space behind me. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's one of my parents coming to check on me. And as I'm getting ready to roll over, I just hear this really creepy voice. My grandfather's <laughs> right, just going to town. And I hear this voice go, I'll go to the other side to get David. That's not my mom or dad. No. <clears throat> I was freaked out and I laid yeah. there frozen and the shadow just stood in the doorway. And then finally... I just eventually closed my eyes and, you know, did that slow pull the blanket up. My thought was, as a kid, I swear to God, this is what I used to do. I'd pull the blanket up to my head so that it was right to here. And then I'd go thinking that whatever just came in is going to say, oh, this one's dead anyway. Let's move on. Right. That was my mentality as a kid. But that what I didn't see scared me more than anything I've ever seen in any of the investigations I've ever been. And it's kind of wild that way, isn't it? That Yeah how your imagination can get to you and compound the issue that you're actually having. Yeah. And that's what I look back on that too. How much of it was my imagination after, after things were getting started and how much of it really was happening. Like, I don't, I have no idea and I have no way of, of knowing now, like 
how to reconcile that or how to figure it out. My, I, I got, I think, just a little street cred today with my daughter when I was putting together the show and getting ready. And she was standing over my shoulder and she goes, Bridget Marquardt. Bridget Marquardt. Bridget Marquardt. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, she's from that TV show, dad. And I go, I know. And she goes, I've watched that. You know, she did ghosty stuff on that show. I go, that's why I got her on this show. <laughs> we started laughing. She's like, you know her? I go, yeah, we just hung out at Michigan Paracon. Yeah. So thanks for boosting the street cred a little bit. You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, she, she loved the fact that uh, while you were on the show, you you know when you were on the girls next door that you were into the paranormal and were very open about it it was just something that that was cool how did people around you react to that did they think oh god you're nuts or or a little bit yeah yeah a little bit um i mean i have thought it was funny and cute (laughs) um other people were like not into it some people were fascinated but didn't have experiences and then there's other people and it's come out even more later after the fact Mm -hmm. that also had experiences but like didn't really feel like talking about it or know who to talk to but yeah i would um i even had barry taff come on come to the mansion and do an investigation there oh gee yeah dr barry taff one of my old buddies he's a great guy uh and I'm sure that was one of the thrills of his life, knowing him personally, getting to come to the to the Playboy Mansion must have been uh, awesome. But the Playboy Mansion has an original ghost story there. Um, the original owners, bef- way before Hef, the house was built mm-hmm. in 1927. And, um, and Hef told me the original story of Mrs. Letts, those were the original owners, the Letts's, had either jumped or fell or was pushed from the balcony onto the marble floor and died and her ghost is in the house i don't know if the story is true or not but that's the original and was he just very story. was he just very uh oh, whatever did did he ever admit to seeing anything or or witnessing anything he never admitted to witnessing anything. He never told me that the story was false. He just said it kind of, um, he liked spooky stuff. He loves spooky stories and stuff. So he just kind of told it to me as like a spooky story, but not like necessarily that he believed it and not that he didn't right. believe it. You know, I mean, there's, there's obviously tragedies surrounding a lot of the history. Um, you know, for, for quite a while, there was talk. I remember hearing about it in, I think, the 80s after Dorothy Stratton's untimely passing because of uh, a tumultuous relationship. And, and you know, the rag mags of the time, the Inquirer and the World Weekly World News. You know, there were ghosts of Dorothy Stratton stories that were that were popping up from time to time. Did Was there ever anything like that that you felt as though that you were being visited by by bunnies and and celebrities of of days gone by that that would still make their appearance known there in the house um my personal experiences weren't with those types of things but um holly does have a story uh being in the gym and she was like on the treadmill and she saw a girl come out blonde hair kind of with a towel over her shoulder and walk uh to a spot and go out like a door, I guess. I, I, but Holly was like, I didn't know there was a door over there, but there's like some secret passageways in the mansion and there's especially to get down to the gym. And so, so she was like, oh, that must be a passageway I didn't know about. So after she got off the treadmill, she went over there and she was like looking and she did find a button and a door popped open and she looked and it was just a closet. So where did the girl go? 
Wow. Very cool. See, that's that's exactly what everybody wants to believe, is that in the Playboy Mansion, there are like candelabras you pull on the wall and, you know, <laughs> everything swings around and you're in a totally different aspect of this. That is the mansion of Allure, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, um, there's this other cool room. You push yeah. a button and it looks like the wall, like the wood trim like elaborate wall but you push a button and it, all of a sudden it pops open and there's a doorway and there's a little staircase that goes down and it goes down to this like hidden prohibition wine cellar oh really yeah with like fake stairs too that hide things in it it's crazy you would never know it was there very cool very cool obviously being a celebrity having access to these things and you know you have a lot of celebrities that were right around in that area. Did you hear from many of your neighbors that would talk about hauntings that took place in and around that area as well? No, I don't. We were, we did go to a few parties at some of the neighbors' houses, but it wasn't like hang out with the neighbors or ever talk ghosts or anything like that. Yeah, well, I didn't know. Sometimes, you know, you find out these areas are kind of pockets of paranormal activity. And, you know, obviously throughout California, there are many different little areas, Cielo Drive, as you know, and, and others where it seems to, and Dr. Barry Taff will talk about it, it seems the ground almost absorbs or, or holds on to this reflection of energy and, and will we'll kind of trap it there. Um, yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised. And just down the street, like, I think it's like two houses down, or I don't know how many houses down, at the end of the block of the mansion was Aaron Spelling's home. And I've heard that's haunted, too. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, well, let's let's talk about your kind of examination as an adult and going forward. Obviously, you had experiences throughout your life. Has there ever been a moment that you've been in now where you've thought, mm -mm, this is not for me. This this is not a place I ever want to return. Mm, no. Uh, the scariest place I've been with the most activity was the Myrtles Plantation. Okay. And I can't wait to go back. But it was so scary. Even even my fiance, who he's a skeptic big time. Right, um, right. We were, we had given up for the night. We tried to do a little bit of investigation, but nothing was happening. So we kind of gave up for the night and we're trying to go to sleep. I had like a really horrible headache. And the only reason I'm mentioning that is because I think it was part of the haunting mm -hmm. when I look back on it, but just like a terrible headache. And so I was like, okay, we're done. Let's just, you know, go to bed. I was so disappointed. I'd wanted to go to the Myrtle's plantation for so long. And just like, right. I mean, I was getting so, so nothing <laughs> that I was like, is my stuff even on? Like, are the batteries dead? Like just right. nothing. And so we went to bed and then we heard like pounding up the stairs. Like somebody was running up the stairs and we're the only ones with access to those stairs. So like open the door and there's nobody out there. We, the room just like got so heavy and thick and then we could hear like what sounded like furniture moving but we were on the top floor and we could hear like kids laughing and playing and every time we heard something like he'd grab my arm and go did you just hear that and i'd grab his arm and go, oh my god did you just hear that and we were just like the whole night and when it got really crazy i was like what time is it and he's like it's like it was like three something of course right and then we sat there in terror, just like grabbing each other's arms. And I was too, uh, my headache hurt so bad that I couldn't even like get up and investigate. And that's why I say, I think it was part of the haunting. I don't think they, 
mm-hmm. whatever it was wanted me to. It waited till we were in bed until I was like just not feeling up to it anymore. And so we just sat there holding each other, terrified in bed. Going, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh my god! Did you just hear that? And I remember how did, to- how did that affect him afterwards? Being a skeptic and and to, I mean one two little things. All oh, that might be the neighbors, or that might be this or that. Right with that much activity taking place, how does he? dismiss that as a skeptic well he didn't dismiss it he's just like there's definitely something going on there like i don't know what it is and then he but then he did say do you think that they um like play a soundtrack or something like maybe they stage this kind of Mm. and i was like no like you could it was like those noises where you could feel it too like Mm -hmm. you hear you know the furniture moving but you kind of feel that little vibration too like i felt like there's no way this is a recording right and then the next morning we they do um biscuits in the gift shop so of course we have to go down can't miss that even though we were so tired and there was a group of tape a a, a group of people at a table and they were like was that you guys making all that noise last night and we're like it wasn't us <laughs> and then the staff were like what room did you stay in and we told them what room and they were like oh you guys made it through the whole night the last two people to stay in that room didn't make it through the night oh that's awesome so i felt like i needed a shirt saying i survived the myrtles place. yeah no doubt <laughs> that's very cool it reminds me yeah. there's a place here in minnesota called thayer's bed and breakfast and it was up in annandale minnesota and I was first invited there to be a part of this kind of psychic opening weekend. And I was very skeptical of the whole psychic realm at the beginning of my journey in 2006 doing this. But I wanted to go up there and there were some cool people. And uh, we go up and and just crazy type activity. And one of the stories the lady was telling me, she was, yeah, we had we had a couple of you non-believers in here. And I said, well, I'm a believer. I'm just a skeptical believer. It's, you know, I think people overreact sometimes. She goes, oh, no doubt. She goes, we had this guy. He'd he'd been here numerous times, never had anything paranormal take place. And finally, he called me out about it and said, I think you're just a liar. I think you're just using this as a way to get people to come into your bed and breakfast. And you don't need to. It's a cool building. It's a great historic little site. You don't lie like that. And then that night, um, she her alarms went off. And she went over there to check. He had left in the middle of the night mm. and it took her a couple of days to find out. And she's since passed away. But this was the story she told at the time. Um, the guy was in bed and tossing and turning and he rolled over and there was a figure standing at the end of his bed with a top hat or a bowler. And he looked the the spirit looked at him, nodded, tipped his hat and then just kind of evaporated in front of him. Boom, the guy was out the door. That was the end of it for him. He said, uh, it, and she was laughing. She goes, so it's you non-believers. And I saw some of the weirdest uh, exchanges between these mediums. They were all just supposed to walk around and write notes without talking to one another of what they were experiencing. And I thought, this is fascinating. So I'm going along and I'm taking my notes and I'm noticing things they're getting excited about that to me look very mundane um you know they take a picture of the mirror and they'd catch this wispy thing behind it and i showed them on four or five pictures you just caught the glue that reflected back behind the mirror Mm -hmm. oh okay but then they start talking they're like all right i was on the second floor landing did anybody see the bride and like eight people raise their hand and they've all got it written in their notebook they all saw the bride standing on the landing then did anybody I don't want to explain it. I just want to say, did anybody see Spider-Man and half the audience raised their hand? And I'm like, whoa, Spider-Man, what do you mean? I love Spider-Man. 
And what it was was a guy in a formal suit who scrambled up the wall and onto the ceiling. And when he was up there, his head did that like 360 oh. degree turnaround. And they all described it the same way. Totally, Amazing. totally weird, right? And then I had to spend the night in there. <laughs> I was love one of those, it. That's one of those, then you're sitting there and you're like, I don't want to know this because now I'm just questioning everything that's going on. But uh, it's so cool when you get into those environments and they do come alive and there's something going on. Now, do you think that in those instances, are we really dealing with dead people in the sense of they're dead, they're out of their physical form and they're roaming around? Or do you think this is more of time slip phenomena? Well, I think maybe both can be going on, right? Like mm-hmm. not not mutually exclusive. Um, for my situation at the Myrtles Plantation, I definitely felt like there was I definitely well, I mean, I guess I don't know, but I I definitely felt like it was somebody from the past of the the house there. Gotcha. I definitely felt it was a dead person <laughs> back. But did you feel like they were there? doing things to get your attention or were you just hearing a day in the life of one of the Myrtle plantation, you know, people maybe, like you, like you were hearing it in, in its own time era. Maybe the sounds we were hearing. Um, but I also definitely felt very strongly. And so did my fiance that somebody was in the room with us for Whoa. sure. Like it was just that feeling like I was so scared to even peek my eyes open because I was afraid that somebody was standing there. Like I felt that strongly. Somebody is in here with us. hundred percent. Freaky. Very <laughs> weird. Hey, let's make a quick mention. Uh, Bridget does host ghost magnet with Bridget Marquardt. I've got a link for that on today's program so that you can find it. You also host another very popular talk show uh, girls next level. Tell our uh, listeners a little bit about that, Bridget. That is um, Holly Madison and I, we were both on Girls Next Door together and we are going through and breaking down each episode of Girls Next Door. Is it fun to kind of revisit something like that and and uh, have that chance to kind of review and, and do that? Or is it, I mean, knowing all the changes and the loss of half, is it is it kind of weird to, to replay that now? It's both. It's um, it's really fun and it's fun reminiscing. It's fun reminiscing with a good friend and talking about old times. But then there's also really hard things to talk about mm. and knowing that Hef is gone, too. And the mansion is basically gone as well. So um, so there's hard things to talk about, too. So it's a little bit of both. Well, we've got links for those. Uh, you're going to stay with us, right? You're going to talk horror movies yeah, and, sure. and uh, the season. We'll do that. Jamie Kaler, Jason Gowan, they're going to join us. We've got uh, upon further review, we've got other fun stuff to talk about. But first, let's take a look at this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. 
when I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash p60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Ooh, scary kids. Haunted museums, haunted <laughs> dolls. Do you have any kind of creepy haunted uh, memorabilia you keep? I don't keep any of that stuff. And when people try to give me something, I'm like, nope. I remember I was at the uh, Washoe Club in Virginia City and the bartender gave me like a nail or something from there. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to leave this here. <laughs> I know the guys you want to give it to. Send them to these two guys. The Parents Lounge, Jason Gowan, Jamie Kaler. They have a show that you can check out live Tuesday nights. We have a link for the Parents Lounge on today's program guide. They're joining us now, ladies and gentlemen. Comedian, actor, and fellow ginger. The one and only Jamie Taylor. Hey, Jamie. You guys, look how great you guys look. I mean, this is I. I have two kids, and I just uh, I'm just. I like to... your background. Don't don't pick on yourself. <laughs> Claire made that for me. Uh huh. Sure, she did. Why is it signed Jamie in the corner? Um, <laughs> all right, we. We got our, uh, another chucklehead joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Gowan, what's with the smoky haze on your screen? Are you are you using Vaseline like you're uh, you're on Dynasty and you're trying? What to I do in my own time is none there. of your business, David. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have invited these two knuckleheads on my show. It's our first double feature, creature feature, double feature uh, uh, that I wanted them to, to take a peek at here. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Let's share it with the rest of the world. It's time now for Upon Further Review. Oh, I was excited about this. When I saw that there were one, two banging movies, both set in the Wild West, I knew the only two guys I could trust to watch these were you guys. And when I sent it over to Jason, he goes, Jamie Kaler is going to hate you, Dave Schrader. You are going to ruin his day. And he probably is not going to continue to do these. And I said, I don't believe that. I know Jamie Kaler, and I think he likes a good challenge. So I tasked you both. I tasked you both. With an interesting set of movies, let's uh, let's take a look at Jamie's movie. Here's a here's an interesting trailer. This is the original trailer. So again, they're not always big on dialogue, folks. For those of you watching, you'll get the vibe for it. For those of you listening at home, lots of gunshots and screams. A vampire is a ghost which leaves its resting place at night to suck the blood of living victims. Yes, I would like to see her. Oh, no, no, no. 
versus Dracula. Mm-hmm. Jamie. <laughs> I told talk you. To me, I told talk you. Talk to me, brother. What did you uh, what did you think of this? Uh, well, John I mean, Carradine Dracula. It's arguably one of the greatest films ever made. And it's truly um it's really a rom-com at heart because it's just two guys fighting over one girl. And yeah, one's Billy the Kid and one's Dracula. But um, in a way, it's just a deep down love story, and it's fantastic. Bridget, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Here's what's great. It's Billy the Kid, and and in a Tarantino way, he's kind of changed history because we all know he was shot as a young man, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By uh, the – what's his name? The sheriff who who – Pat Garrett. Pat Garrett kills Billy the Kid. But in this version of history, uh, he's a 36-year-old guy. And uh, she, she goes, she goes, he's like, I can't marry you and settle down. I'm Billy the Kid. And she goes, no, here, you're going to be William H. Bonnie, which, by the way, everybody knows is Billy the Kid. So it's not the best yeah. of aliases. And then she pretended about being Betty Bonnie. And then um, David Carradine's dad, Kung Fu's dad, drops in. The whole thing is because... He plays Dracula. He fights Billy the Kid, but his son becomes Kung Fu. His other son becomes Wild Bill Hickok on Deadwood. And his other son is the leader of Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, there's a whole – you could – the spinoffs galore of the Carradine brothers. They're the long riders. There's a lot That's of right. history here. And at the end of the day, I would bet money on Dracula and the Carradines versus faux Billy the Kid. So it was great, though. I loved it. So thank you so much for letting me see something like this. It was fantastic. All right. One phantom. No good. Five phantoms. This is right up there with the sixth sense. Where do you where do you rate us on this one? Well, I mean, more phantoms then. And, And does everyone know how David Carradine left this earth? Does everyone know? Yeah. Yeah. Bridget, Vampire do you know how David Carradine left this earth? I do. In Thailand. So that alone, just that story alone of David Carradine gives this every phantom I have. So it was wow. fantastic. Yeah. I love the I mean the Carradines, you cannot go wrong. And although John Carradine apparently he do you know he made like the third most films in history? Who made yeah. who who appears in the most films in history? Anybody? Uh, Stan Lee. Uh, that would have been one. No, of my that's guesses. not a bad guess. <laughs> Eric Roberts. I was in know. like four hundred films. Danny Trejo's in like three eighty, uh, and then John Carradine's right in there. And he goes, he only regretted making one film of the four hundred, and that one is Billy the Kid versus <laughs> <laughs> But honestly. Like if you're if you're mixing up some cocktails and having like a Halloween uh, party, it was. I mean, it's it's so 
crazy funny. It's it's like Ed Wood. It's got an Ed Wood vibe to it of like pulls the string, pulls the string. You know, so I don't know. It is horribly overacted. I I love the fact. My one of my favorite scenes is when Dracula gets into the stagecoach with them, right? And and there's like there's no way. And you've brought this up before. There's no way a scene like this could play in modern theaters. It's like an eight minute scene of them just riding along, having a conversation and they're all blabbing and Dracula is just kind of sitting there listening. And then she goes, Oh, and I'm going to see my niece. She's beautiful in 18. Would you like to see a picture? And, and Carradine goes, she's beautiful in 18. Yes. I'd like to see the yeah, picture. I, I think we, you could, it was pretty obvious, like in the scenes where he was with the 18 year old and he's, he's gotta be at least 122 years old. Right. Uh, he did. There was no method acting. He was living his own. He was in the moment. It was, of, uh, yeah, he was you know. Was uh, I would argue he was. Uh, he's Hefner-like in that way, and he brought a little. He brought a little hue to the uh, to the role. Did and um, he was. Uh, it was really fun, actually. It's silly, goofy, ridiculous. It's Plan Nine from Outer Space, where it's like it's it's the room. It's so bad that it's actually ridiculously funny. Um, so yeah, and it was terrifying, but at the end of the day, you're like, it's Dracula versus Billy, the kid. It's like when Batman faces off against Superman and you're like, well, he's, you're a human and he's a Superman. And then in the movie, yeah. you kill Superman. Didn't buy anything. Makes sense. And this is the way at the end. It's like, he yeah. just turns into a bat, flies away, then comes back in the middle of the night and kills Billy, the kid. So it seemed like an unfair I got to be honest with you, Kaylor. This time I felt like I gave you the superior film. To view, yeah. Honestly, given the choice, I told, uh, uh, yeah, I told Dave Jason that I said Jason's going to hate you for this, and Jason's yeah. never going to talk to you again, and he's going to refuse to do any of these. Honestly, can I be honest, dead seriously honest right now, Dave? Yes. Yeah. The only reason the two of us even did this is because Bridget's here, and we just wanted to say hi. Hi, Bridget. Oh, uh, hi. Well, I, I have know. a David Carradine story. I just, yes! oh, yes. I did okay. Celebrity Paranormal Project with him. That's okay. right. Oh, that's right. That's so right. I How was that? Ghost hunting with him. <laughs> was he as intense a human as he uh, is is uh, appears to be? Yes, he started out. He had this like jacket on with all the fringe, the leather jacket, and he he had this giant flute thing that was like a I don't even know what it, he had a special name for it. He was playing it when we arrived, and yeah. I also bad. use those when ghost hunting. He had a flute thing that he had a special name for. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can see that. And it was I think, big. I think all of us have something like that. I have a, I have a flute thing I have a very special name for. Mine's like a piccolo. When you see his father, though, like David Carradine in this, and then you kind of – I looked at David Carradine – or uh, Keith, uh, John Carradine, who's the father, and you see the life. He had four wives – he was it was a disaster david was it was a mess and so you see how he grew up and then david carradine of course has five wives and uh said goodbye from thailand but um you can see some you can see maybe the actor's life is not uh, not not all it's cracked up to be not at all well let's let's give people a taste of what i sent uh sent your partner to go see this was jason's movie this is Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. How about it, Jesse? You haven't got a chance. We hold the secret of life. 
He wanted to save a friend. She wanted a world of obedient killer zombies. Jesse James will kill us for what you are doing. Jesse James will be caught and hanged in Shelby. Fiendish Frankenstein monster stalks the West's most fearless outlaw. Save your strength, Jesse James. You will need it. terror shock show that rocked the west uh i i do love that that the frankenstein monster used the captain kirk double fist to knock he out did this a double S- axe handle yeah he the axe handle yeah. smack he did it that would have called the double axe handle i love that yeah, yeah. Uh, all the good people call it the captain kirk because that's you know the official punch of uh yeah, yeah. the shat Don't push uh, all, your right, stuff on me, guy. all right uh first i was very impressed at how much tail jesse james was pulling Really? In that movie, there was a lot of uh, lovemaking, huh? Twice. It was, well, all but all but the one girl's mother. Uh, so, like, two-thirds of the women in the movie, Jesse James was all up in their business. <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's a, that's the precursor to the 70s horror genre, which was all about sex and death. Also, it was, a name because it was actually, it wasn't Frankenstein's daughter, it was his granddaughter. <laughs> Oh, really? That's even more confusing than the title leads on, huh? Yes. It. Yeah. My wife is concerned that I keep getting these movies from you, and she's like, why, does, why doesn't Dave like you? And- <laughs> Come on, this looked great. They, two, I love genre-mashing movies. Do you guys know, here's a weird twist, do you guys know that the original Godzilla versus King Kong movie was supposed to be Godzilla versus Frankenstein? It's a bit of a height difference. Frankenstein was supposed to be struck by lightning and and imbued with these powers, and he grew, and he was supposed to fight. And at the last minute, the the rights dropped out, so they had to settle on King Kong. But originally, we were going to see Godzilla fighting Frankenstein's monster. So I love when there are, are bending movies like this, and you know the the concept that two of the biggest wild west legends i love the fact that you've got two heartless ruthless killers that are really kind of made out to be the heroes of both of these movies billy the kid and jesse james are going up against uh you make something even more evil than what they do and and it's okay jesse james was less of a killer and more of just a really good friend in the movie he was just a really just really want to help his friend that's it isn't that the way of the world? I love that the first one they it's verses, like, mm-hmm. uh, but his is just meets. It's like ninety percent uh, Frankenstein's daughter. It's like a Tinder date where he she she swiped right, and then they went out for a couple of drinks and maybe a crudite plate, and then um, it didn't go great. They had a terrible, oh. terrible Tinder date. And it was only like it was just a sprinkling of racism. It was, you know, it was just. I mean, it was it was a lot going on. Um, so tasteful racism, I like yeah, that. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was good. God, it's that Frankenstein really monster. Home your chose, family. Dude, what? they chose the right body for that Frankenstein monster because back in those days, I mean, that was a rarity to see a guy like a bodybuilder like that. 
He looked like he had a Betty Crocker uh, pie crust just crimped around the top of his head. <laughs> he really did. And honestly, he may have. That may have been exactly what it was. Maybe I picked the wrong night to ask you, Bridget, to be a movie reviewer for me going forward. Now that you've seen what I send my friends to watch. No, no, no. You have to to say now. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, Jason, one phantom, no good. Five phantoms. This is right up there with Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Where are you going to put this one? So for the horror aspect of it, I'm going to give it a two phantoms. But for the love story aspect, I'm going to give it a solid four. Wow. Can you so, tell we're both fathers of little children? The fact that he goes, man, he was getting a lot of action. And then you go, well, he, he had sex twice in the movie. And he's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. I have three little nice. kids twice. I mean, good gosh. that's That was back in my 20s. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So now uh, we've we've decided to come together on this, discuss some of our favorite horror movies for the season. Um, you know, kind of a, a, one last offshoot of this. I don't know if you guys saw the last iteration of the Lone Ranger movie. I've been a huge Lone, Lone Ranger fan my whole life. So I went to see the one. And unfortunately, Army Hammer's in it as, as the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Johnny Depp as the uh, um, Tonto. Talk about weird racism. Um, mm. and, and overall, I thought the movie was really good and entertaining. But man, they go heavy into a supernatural slant. It's all about kind of imbuing people with supernatural abilities and that the Lone Ranger came back from the dead and, and Tonto has magical powers. It's really kind of a twist on the whole supernatural genre. So if you're looking for another Wild West paranormal-themed movie, I'd, I'd recommend you see that and just kind of put out of your mind what you've now found did, out about did Army Did Amy and I say something that led us to believe we were looking for more of that? <laughs> did... No, not you. The audience may be looking oh. for something to make up for oh, the, okay. the last two. Well, it's it's uh, in the title. He's the Lone Ranger. So the Rangers yeah. get massacred, but he's the one that survives, right? Isn't that how the yeah. story goes? And then Tonto, yeah, Tonto's Tonto's got yeah. some potions, I think. He's got throwing potions. I want to hear what his it. favorite horror films are. Well, let's yeah, let's get to it. Now, you know, looking at these lists, I was actually very surprised at how different the three guys on this were. Hmm. Um Bridget matched closely with you, Jamie, in her horror movie uh, choices. The first ones coming out of the out of the shoot uh, match you ring for ring. You've got Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, The Exorcist, and The Strangers. So out of your top ten, both of you pick four of the exact same movies. So she's a genius. I mean, she's a, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know what's funny, Bridget? The Strangers. You know, it's like I was a kid. I saw Halloween at the theater. I was like 14, hor- terrifyingly scared. But it's it's like, you know, you're like, well, that's not going to happen. And Friday the 13th, you're like, well, that's not really going to happen. The Strangers, one of the scariest films I've ever seen because you're like, oh, no, this this actually this could happen. This and it happen. did happen. It's based off it's a, a, based a true story. It's so yeah. Terrible. It's so scary. Yeah. And the scariest line to me is when she said, why are you doing this to us? And they said, because you were home. Yes! It's like, giving the chills. Just chills. You say, yes! You're remaking it right now. Yeah. Oh, they trilogy, are? Right? Oh, they're yeah. remaking The Strangers. Yeah. I think, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. They're remaking Didn't it. Didn't they already remake that once? Well, they that, have well, a part they, two. It was a remake of a foreign oh. film, and now I think they're remaking it again. It's so terrifying. Like, that to well, me. It's scary. Like, I like stories like that, that are, you're like, 
just terrifying. We we're like, well, that could really happen, man. That really could happen. That's exactly. Well, after your connections on those first four, uh, she jumps into a 1970s horror classic, Black Christmas. Have you guys seen that? I yes. know Black Christmas. I'd forgotten that one, though. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good pull. That's a good one. Another thing that could happen. I mean, the phone calls, somebody watching you. It's so scary. And yeah. then she gets all fancy on the house. Don't talk to strangers. Is that that one? Get out of the house. Yeah. He's in the house. Same uh, kind then, of premise. So scary. Yeah. Bridget gets fancy on us for her next pick, though. She goes all uh, auteur. She goes straight to El Orfanato. I do love that movie. Is that The Orphan? Basically, mm-hmm. the original version of the movie, The Orphan? Yeah. Did you Did you like the American remake version? I don't know if I saw the American remake. <laughs> okay. The little girl that they had play, and I don't know if it's the same one, where the little girl is an orphan that they adopt, and then slowly through the movie you find out she's a little person pretending to be a child. Is that the same thing with El Orfanato? No, no. This uh, woman goes back. She was adopted when she was, she lived in an orphanage when she was younger and she goes back Mm -hmm. to buy the orphanage and it's abandoned and she has her little son with her. And um, he has like a, a imaginary friend that he sees and is talking about him. And um, one night her son disappears. I don't want to give the whole movie away, but I've never uh, seen maybe that. the imaginary friend was not so imaginary. Yeah, all right. Well, there's, there's like the American one is the orphan and they just did a prequel to the orphan with the <sighs> same actress. And it's, it's more like that kind of, it, it's twisted. It's a twisted deal. But uh, all right, you've got um, then the Insidious series. I like that you lump them all together. Because they're all, like I all like of them. them. Yeah, I okay. like them. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. I oh, love- great movie. Yes. To me, it's a comedy, but yes. I'll it is a comedy, but I didn't know. If it, he said that for the Halloween season. So yeah, I don't he said Halloween season. Yeah. the best. I couldn't agree more. It yeah. is, and it's so hard to mix comedy and horror, and they did it. Yeah, it's really when they're going through the the record albums to figure out what they can throw. And then they're like, ah, that's Purple Rain, man. Don't throw that. <laughs> it's so funny. They're, they're in the pub. Oh, I, you know what? I got to break that one out for Halloween and watch it. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. Then uh, Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I like kind of an anthology lot. one, right? It's an anthology. Yeah. Yeah. Deep pull. I don't know that one either. I don't think I saw that one. It's good. It's really good. Okay. And then, boy, coming out of it, American Psycho. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, no matter what time of year. I watch it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's always on. I just actually bought the book. I had never read the book, and I was wanting to read it. I just bought the Brett Easton Ellis book to read it. Yeah. When, when are you going to have time to read that, Jamie? Oh, I won't. I'll carry it around for a couple months, and I and then I'll just put it down, and it'll never get read. But <laughs> I'm holding it in my hand, and people think I'm reading it. But it's oh, yeah, it's all I about like the uh, the the look the, of the trying to hold it. Yeah, got it. Our our son Jack actually watched uh, that movie and was so into Patrick Bateman's character, and he could do this dead on Patrick Bateman uh, speech. That whole part when he's playing the Huey Lewis and the News album. And preparing to murder the guy. That was such a, a whacked out scene. Yeah. 
such a great flick. So weird. Totally bizarre Their movie. I, I will support, say. I believe it was. <laughs> so good. Yeah. He does yeah. the Whitney Houston run too. Whitney Houston. Yeah, it is great. It's great. Um, I have some questions about the end of that movie, though, because I don't. And that's kind of why I'm reading the book. I always think it's it's in his head. I don't. Is it, it though? That's the question. I, I know. What, you, what do you think? Do you think he really? Because uh, Paul's they I don't know. They find Paul. The whole thing is I love it because it's so questionable. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what everybody loves about it. Like, did uh, it happen, or is this all in his head? That's the the what you're left with every time you watch it. Every, every time, time, and you're like, don't still, know. Still like this time, I'm going to figure like, it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not. You know happen. that there's he, there's another movie, and I can't remember who's in it, but there's uh, not the Mila Kunis American Psycho too, but there's another movie made by the same director by the same author, and and uh, Christian Bale's brother is in that movie. Oh. The the character. Yeah, so it's like a sharing the same Marvel universe. It's very oh. strange. Yeah. Well, you um, know, the scarier one he wrote is Less Than Zero. Watch Robert Downey Jr. go through Less Than Zero, and it might even yeah. be scarier than American Psycho. Good. Did you ever good see point. that one? Less Than Zero with Robert Downey Jr.? Mm-mm. I'm not sure. James yeah. Spader's The Drug Dealer, Jamie Gertz, Andrew McCarthy, and... And uh, Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic, and it's called Less Than Zero, and it's uh, they're like Richie Hollywood, uh, the Beverly Hills kids, and uh, they they discover drugs. I believe that's how it. Yeah, it's like Tim Burton did a John Hughes movie. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) just totally dark and turned on its head. Yeah, it gets dark. All right, so Jamie, you matched her Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, The Strangers, um, uh, The Exorcist. You've uh, then jumped into The Ring. And you were telling me today that that's done it for you. That was one of the I scariest think the movies. Is, I think The Ring's arguably one of the scariest films ever made. I don't know why. Every time I watch it, I'm like, it, it, I don't know. It just caught me. I remember, like, I chose movies that I remember visceral uh, experiences of seeing. Interesting. My sister, when I saw Halloween, I think that was the top of my list because I was 14. I couldn't get in. It was R-rated. My older sister had to take me. She brings me. It's like a 10 o'clock show in Hooksett, New Hampshire. The place is packed. We sit, there's only two seats. I'm in the front row with my sister. I'm 14. Like the credits start and she goes, I can't watch this. I'll be at the bar next door. And she got up and left. And so I watched Halloween alone in the front row at 14. And I still like, I remember like getting out of the theater and then the bar was like through a little woods next door. Like I walked into the woods <laughs> the bar where my sister was pounding drinks, I think, so she could drive me. This is back in the day we could do that. And then I'm like, I'm like so, so scared. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. It's a great movie. Uh, my my dad was a huge fan of the first Halloween, my dad and mom. Yeah. And uh, they finally let me watch it when it was on TV. And we didn't have that internet. We, we didn't know about upcoming movies. And all of a sudden we heard about the day after Halloween. Yeah. And it was coming to the theater the day after Halloween. And my dad's like told my buddy Rick and I, hey, I'm going to the movie. You guys want to go see uh, the sequel to Halloween? We're like, yeah. So we go, we get in, get our popcorn, get our sodas the day after Halloween. Not a sequel to Halloween. (laughs) It is lesbian porn, murders. My dad said to show his jaw on the floor and he looked at my buddy Rick, whose parents were very religious, and he's like, please don't tell anybody I brought you to this movie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Still a great movie, though, right? Probably. probably Sounds good. 
It was uh, it was yeah. unique. That's that's for sure. Um, the, the, the little trailers, like you just went to movies and you didn't really know what you yeah. were walking into, and you just you nope. kind of maybe saw an ad, but no, there were no reviews already. Rotten Tomatoes wasn't up. You just went in nope. and were like, oh, I don't that's know. it. Yeah. So uh, let the right one in. That was the next one on your list, Jamie. Um, the original, I like them both, and it's going to be a new miniseries, I guess, on Showtime as well. But I love that story. Do you know that one, Bridget? Let the right one in. I don't think so. The little girl's a vampire, and the guy, the older man, ha- she was a vampire as a little girl. He has to kind of, he's the one who goes out and gets the blood. You have to see yeah. it. And the original one is Swedish. They remade it as an American one, which is still at, with Cody Smith McPhee. It's like his first big movie. And it is, he's a, he's a little boy. And he's, a, you know, a, a loner and weak and stuff. And so she brings him in and kind of makes him his, her little henchman and stuff. It's actually, it's so terrifying. It's great. Uh, Alien, which I kicked myself for not oh. thinking. And, and you asked me, Dave, is that a horror movie? I'm like, yes, that is a space horror movie. That first one. Specifically. I saw that movie's opening day, man. That thing was the tone. He sets that tone. Ridley Scott's so brilliant. That tone yeah, is so great. It comes on, and then all of a sudden they're laughing. And once it comes out of him, you're off and running. And that thing is yeah. it's still watching it. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the Shining, of course. The Thing. Now, which thing are we talking? Are we talking the Kurt Russell thing? Are Kurt we talking the, yeah, the Kurt Russell one. Okay. Not the James Arness one. Okay. Well, there's the a new one that just came out a few years ago that was like a prequel to The oh, Thing, remade, which was an identical remake of I The Thing, remade, but leads into The Thing. Yeah. yeah. I also love um, I love films. It's kind of like Lord of the Flies, where you are trapped in an environment as a group, and you cannot get out. And then some kind of problem comes in, and it turns people against each other because the, nobody's understanding what's happening and then it goes awry. I think the original The Thing with uh, uh, the John Carpenter one is fantastic. Agreed. And then your final movie, Silence of the Lambs. Mm. I, saw it opening, I saw it opening day. And I had no idea what it was. And we're standing in line. Actually, I saw a screening of it before it even opened. And uh, I had no idea. I just knew I loved Demi. And it was... Uh, a, you, Anthony Hopkins or whatever. And you kind of knew it was a scary film. And the dude in front of me had read the book. We were standing in line and he was trying so hard to tell the person he was with the storyline because he loved the book so much. He was like, and we were going to get into a fight. I go, dude, dude, we're all in line to watch this movie. No, you can't stop talking about the book. And even his friend was like, yeah, this is not cool what you're doing. He's like, but it's so good. And she's chased. She works for the, and everyone's like, shut the blank up. And the dude was trying to tell the story. And then when we get in and you watch, man, I miss the days when you watched a film and you never knew one thing about it. Yeah. You know, like now you, they, they, everyone comes out, they show clips, the guy tells stories. We know all their backstory of like Ben Affleck. Yeah, anytime you see a movie with Ben Affleck, it's hard to disassociate his private life from that's his- true. Yeah. Back in those days, I saw Pulp, not Pulp Fiction, I saw Reservoir Dogs just off the poster. I went in to see Reservoir Dogs off the poster, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, those experiences of absorbing films like that are in the past. I'll man. tell you, though, as an animal lover, I was severely disappointed in that movie because there wasn't, I remember, one dog in it. <laughs> no, no. Not one. 
Not one. Not one. Uh, Jason, I'm keeping your your list to last. Uh, okay. Because it's a gem. It's a gem. Well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, I need to feel better about my list. So hold on. <laughs> I've got uh, one of my first ones off is Salem's Lot, the original TV miniseries movie. Over two nights, you had to watch this with commercials and I don't remember ever being that scared at a movie ever since. Did you guys see the original Salem's Lot with with James Mason and, James Mason. and uh, David Stoll and Lance Kerwin? Did you ever yeah. see that, Bridget? I thought if it's the same movie I'm thinking of, I think I tried to start it and didn't like it. But maybe I'm wrong on what movie Make, it well, was. Rob Lowe did a remake of it that was no bueno. Um, okay. The original, you got to kind of watch it and just kind of throw yourself back into forgetting everything you know about horror movies now. Yeah. And just let yourself go into this story. I just watched a whole documentary on the making of this, and it was amazing. But this movie captivated America. This was only the second Stephen King movie made. Mm -hmm. The first one being Carrie that blew up. Then they had this movie, and they bought the rights to it, and they didn't know what to do with it. And they ended up making it into a mini series, and it it just destroyed uh tv ratings people had never seen it and it was terrifying people there were warnings about this such a cool movie so the original salem's lot of course night of the living dead the original black and white um that to me is just one of my favorite movies and i'm going to be showing it on the paranormal 60 channel on uh the friday before halloween so right after our show's off the air at 11 p.m central you could tune in and watch Night of the Living Dead. I'll be cuddled up on the big, comfy, cosmic couch of love with you, the viewers. We can all watch it together and comment along and enjoy that movie. And I've got a bunch of movies spread out this month that'll be popping up every Friday night. I'll be out of town in Ireland and Butte, Montana, but there'll be cool movies. One of my favorites. I was a Teenage Werewolf Airs this coming Friday, so make sure you check it out with Michael Landon. Um, another werewolf movie, American Werewolf in London. You talk about a comedy horror movie. That's right up there. Have you seen that one, Bridget? I have. In fact, I saw it when I was young, and I remember um, being so scared. Like, just I wasn't even supposed to be watching it, but I just caught like parts of it, and I was so yeah. scared. Griffin Dunn elements too. It's almost like a precursor to Shaun of the Dead, right? Uh, even though it's and boy, Jenny a gutter. That was actually one of my first major crushes. Gosh, I loved her, and I love that. Yeah. It's a great film. It's and actually, it's still really. It kind of holds up. Uh, I'll rattle through these other ones. Lost Boys. I don't think mm-hmm. we even have to explain that. That is just one of the the classic vampire flicks. Um, here's one not many people have seen, and I'm not talking about the Nicole Kidman The Others. There's a movie called The Other. It is John Ritter's first movie. It is terrifying. It is about twin boys, and one is a good seed, one is a bad seed. Oh, I know, Jason. I'm trying to find a way for you to watch the movie, and I'm going to have you, since you have twins. You don't have to. I'm living it. (laughs) One bad seed. You're going to have to see that. Audrey Rose. I remember being terrified of that when they showed it on TV as a kid. Um, uh, Jeepers Creepers, the first one. I love that movie. This one's great. Justin Long, right? Is that Justin Long? Yeah. Really good. That's a really, really scary movie. It's a good movie. Good psychological one. Another one, Joyride. Do you guys Um, remember that? Yes. 
candy cane right the voice you've got buffalo bill in that movie i forget he's the guy that does the voice of the the truck driver stalking them throughout the entire yes ted levine did i ever you know i worked with him on monk oh my god i I love monk Monk one time and ted levine's there and i get to set and every single person i run into goes don't ask ted levine about silence of the lambs everybody everybody that says "Have, have they told you don't ask Ted about Silence of the Lambs. Don't ask Ted about Silence of the Lambs. And I go, oh, absolutely, I would never do that. And so I'm sitting with him for like four days in, in the village or whatever. And so he finally goes, like, hey, you do stand-up comedy, don't you? And I go, I go, I do. And he goes, oh, I used to do Steppenwolf Theater. And he's got, he still has that crazy-ass voice. And then yeah. he goes, uh, and then he just started telling me Silence of the Lambs stories. It was crazy. He told me, this is the greatest. He goes, uh, he books it out of Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago, and they go to like a, a table read in New York or something. And the set designer comes up to him and shows him photos of the haunted house that he lives in as the character. Remember, he's in the he's in the house with the moths and everything. And he goes, oh, my God, that's the haunted house in the town he grew up in. I mean, it, it, he was like, awesome. you might have to do a story, a paranormal investigation of this house, because he goes, that was a house we all, nobody would go in. Like, it was the scariest house in his hometown. And for just the weirdest coincidence that they scouted that location and found that crazy house. And that was the house that became that was bizarre, um, crazy. And the whole time I'm like. Ted Levine's telling me silence of the Eagles. We're doing silence of the land. I was like, dude, it was nuts. Nuts. Yeah. So when you watch Joyride, they actually show you clips with other people they had do the voice. And nobody, nobody can come close to it. That unique timbre of his voice and that kind of almost like a cleft palate sound, the way he, oh my God, it's terrifying the way he does it. Yeah. And then the hitcher. The Hitchers, my other one, that is Rutger Hauer, C. Thomas Howell. And I will tell you this cool, quick story. Uh, I saw this. I worked at a movie theater in Illinois uh, for Plit Cineplex Odeon Theaters in um, Bloomingdale at the Stratford Square Mall. I was a, a usher with the black dicky and red jacket. You'd love it, Jamie. And yeah. I was working it. I kept going in and watching it. And then when I went to California that summer, I was invited to a party at CBS and I got a chance, and I'm standing in line for this buffet, and right in front of me is Rutger Hauer. Leather jacket, built like a tank. And he's and I just seen this movie, and I'm like so nervous. And I go, excuse me, Mr. Hauer? And he just turns slowly and just gives me this profile. And like my blood ran cold, and I go, my name's Dave Schrader, and I'm a um, usher at a movie theater in Illinois. And I've seen The Hitcher 20 times. You are the scariest actor I've ever seen in my life. Then he turns around and gets this huge smile and he goes, nice to meet you, Dave Schrader from Illinois. He shakes my hand, talks to me through the whole line, hand to God, best night of my life. I got to sit down with him at the celebrity table, Carol Burnett, Carl Reiner, Robin Williams, Whoopi Goldberg, and Rutger Hauer. And he introduces me to everybody. I got to make Robin Williams laugh that night best night of my life and got to hang out with Rutger freaking Hauer all because all I said was you are the scariest actor I've ever seen. And he absolutely loved me from that moment on. He was such a nice guy. He is terrifying looking in person. He is very intimidating, Yeah, but he lights up 
beautiful blue eyes, just a great guy, and just kind of all of a sudden he's sparkling instead of being this brooding leather jacket wearing killer. But that movie, if you have not seen the original Hitcher, folks, go back and watch it. It is a total mind screw. Forget Freddy Krueger. Forget. Yeah. They tried, but the problem was they didn't take into effect that the the he's the movie. The reason yeah. it's so terrifying is because he's doing this thing to see Thomas Howell that, and he's just it's so evil. He's great. he's great. And Bridget, you talk about movies that could happen. We hear about these horrific hitchhiker stories, right? Mm-hmm. Of yeah. what happens when you cross the line, and and st- this movie was right up there for me. Totally <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> So those are my lists. Um, now, okay, I want to just preface this before we start that I misunderstood the sci- the assignment. No, 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 you did not. <laughs> I said the best movies for the season. I'm totally uh, just Halloween season. I put no addendum. Not scariest. Not TV movies. Not cinematic. So, can you kick Jamie I, out before we do this? No, I'm listening to every word of this, and I am going to humiliate you after this list is put out. Thank we you. have going to entire show humiliating you and your choices. I'm Let going, to, uh, I'm going to, to start off with the the good ones right off the bat. Obviously, Ghostbusters, classic, gotta love it. Ghostbusters, Cabin in the Woods, fantastic. Actually, you know, I forgot about that one. That's a great yeah. choice, it's dude. It's a really great, movie. great choice. Surprisingly uh, good movie. Arachnophobia, another gem. Yeah, I look at I that one. Oh, I'm terrified of spiders. That's a great choice. Amityville Horror, the original with Margot and uh, Josh or James Brolin. Do we, we talk about it? I went to see that opening day. It's absolutely terrifying. And then as you're leaving, you're like, wait a minute. The only the only people who died were at the first 30 seconds of the film, right? No one else. Okay, just checking. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Surviving it is. You're like, why is am I scared weird. of this movie? And then later you're like, yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Jason and I share an interesting angle on this, right? Because he became friends with George Lutz, the father of the story. And that had to be surreal for you. I got to meet and hang out and become good friends with Christopher Lutz, the youngest boy that survived the story. They have two different variations of what went down, but it's equally compelling. Um, But it's interesting. You know, I, I remember seeing that book, Jay Anson's book on the counter when I was a kid and I wanted to read it. My mom's like, no, that one's too scary. Mm -hmm. And then years later I get to introduce my mom to Christopher Lutz and he's calling her mom and hanging around with her and doing pictures and everything. My mom was just, she just thought that was one of the coolest things. All right, I've tried to sugarcoat this as much as I could. Let's go to Mr. Boogity. I, I don't know that one. It's a Disney movie. It used to air on Saturday mornings uh, on the ABC after school, like at the ABC Saturday morning show at like After Bugs Bunny. It was okay. He has it's as a child, it was mm-hmm. absolutely terrifying to me. Mr. Boogity. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds like that was his imaginary friend as a child. He and Mr. Boogity used to sit on a Saturday mornings and watch cartoons. All right. I'm not doing this with him. No, no, hang on. Scooby Doo, the live action. That one's a good movie. That's a great, that was a great realization of a childhood TV series. My son, my oldest son, really likes that movie right now. So it's kind of a Halloween thing here. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with you. That's, that one's good. 
Shut it. Kid. I don't know where to go. All right. I'm going to go my next. Listen, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Another classic. It's a classic. It's a, I'll classic. give you a classic. Yes. It's yeah. Yeah. It's a great. You got to watch it. Halloween. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in. Got to look at Bridget's like she's bearing down <laughs> like she's waiting for that tidal wave to hit her. I'm not uh, that into peanuts. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not in I'm not in a penis that much myself either. But I do have a, I have a flute like instrument that I have a very crazy name for. Oh, that was a good callback. Well done, Kaylor. Oh, yeah, I like to go in the back room. I do it. Mm-hmm. Garfield's Halloween special. That's it. I'm out. That is a terrible one, you crazy. It is not. No, no, no. No. No, just don't. Why don't do this to me? Don't. Don't uh, do it. Yeah. David? I mean, this uh, is David. You didn't even go like Nightmare Before Christmas or? No, no. Punky uh, Brewster, the camping episode. Yeah, it's terrible, terrifying. Well, my only guess is that something horrible happened to you on a camping trip when you were a child. <laughs> this was PTSD when you saw Punky Brewster go camping. In the episode, they it, like they kill all her friends and like her dog fights a giant spider and like people die. It's terrible. On Punky Brewster. Correct. I must have missed wow. that. I missed yeah. it too. It's really intense. Let's watch Funky Brewster High. <laughs> That's like you know what? what I'm gonna, no, it's on YouTube, oh, and I'm going to yeah. send you the link because I'm not going to. Like, oh, that, I don't remember that episode whatsoever. Chris. Well, it's really dark. It's really, really dark. <laughs> it's really dark. It's really the Punky Brewster yeah, camping episode. It's really wow. dark. Yeah, I'm I surprised didn't... you didn't throw in. The Brady Bunch in Hawaii when the kids get abducted oh. by Vincent Price oh. in the cave. That's terrifying. <laughs> the giant tarantula crawling on Peter's chest. Crazy. All right. So that's it, guys. That's your, your choices of that movies. Was your whole list? Uh, well, Gremlins. I forgot Gremlins is on there. That's again. a classic as well. Classic. Is it a horror film? I don't know. Both. That's what he was going for. That's what's going for. The fly on there. What yeah. else? Did you have any uh, some um, yeah. Punky Brewster's oh, yeah. episode? I caused the scariest movie of all time myself. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? He's Punky making Brewster's fun of camping me. episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch along, Bridget. That's how are it. you? Uh, are you okay? You want to take some? Just take the shots, Bridget. It's fine. Oh, no, I'm uh, good. I've I've not seen that episode of Punky Brewster. It might be super scary. It's it terrifying. Have you seen any, die. Have you ever seen any episodes of Punky Brewster? I think I did once. No, you didn't. But I no, appreciate I think- so sweet. That's how nice she is. She's like trying to make you feel better. None of us love Punky Brewster. You're, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yes. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Oh, and it's my that goodness. episode of the show that steered this whole ship off course. Actually, we've talked about this before. You know what the scariest movie ever made is? Mr. Mom. What? That poor dude has to take care of those kids. They think it's a comedy, but it's not. It's a horror horror film. Watch it again. I will agree with you, general people, on that. Bridget Marquardt, uh, you've got the ghost magnet with Bridget. You've also got uh, the the podcast Girls Next Level, and people can uh, check both of those podcasts out. Congratulations, by the way, Girls Next Level. What, you guys are like four episodes in, and you've got like a quadrillion downloads already? I know it's been amazing. The support has been so phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, maybe you guys should rename the parents' lounge the boys next door. See if it <laughs> shakes things up for you. 
Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Why not? Uh, you guys, you guys have something exciting. Obviously, your show, The Parents Lounge, Parents Unite Live Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Pacific time. They can check it out. You do other special edition episodes, so people should go subscribe and keep up with what you're doing. But you guys have a live comedy show coming out. Tell them how they can find out about it. I've got a link for it on today's program guide. There are a few tickets that are still available. Please discuss. Taylor, go ahead. You do it. Sarah, Sarah Pennsylvania, next weekend. I'm, it's Honestly, I took the gig just to get away from my kids for three days, so I'm pretty excited. But we are doing two nights at the Sayre Theater in Sayre, Pennsylvania, and um, very, very exciting. It actually is pretty – I think it's almost sold out, but I think there's a few ticks left. Um, and it's our annual thing. We go in with our uh, our other resident mom, Kate Mulligan, uh, who also hosts the show with us, and um, – Listen, if you, I don't, I don't know, Bridget, if you have kids or not, but if you have kids, it's always uh, it takes a village, and so we we go out and uh, we tell we tell a few jokes about uh, about being parents, and it actually turns out to be a pretty fun night. So we uh, we hope people come out to see the stand up show. Yeah, yeah, and you can go to BradfordCountyMovies.com to get tickets, or if you happen to be local, you can stop by the local box office. Yep, and we do have a link again on today's program guide, so it's easy enough to follow, easy enough to find, and uh, we'll check that out. Uh, quick question. Let's just do a quick roundhouse for everybody here as we head on out. Bridget, what's the right age to let your children start watching horror movies? What What would be your opinion on this? I'm the worst person to ask because I was watching them at like really young, really. How, how young. young is really and young? Turned out great. So I would argue that that's, that's a great thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was sneaking them as early as possible as my earliest memories, horror movies. All right, Kaylor, how old uh, is the right age to introduce your kids to horror? Depends which kid. Um, my daughter, the seven-year-old, watched Jurassic Park with me the whole way through. <laughs> when I was like, she eats the dude in the, uh, sitting on the toilet, and I was like, oh, man. And I looked over, she's like, just loving it. But my other one, uh, the older one, actually, if, if there's, like, um, if there's music, like, I will tell you, like, you know what Amityville Horror, you know what the scariest thing was in the whole movie? The music is terrifying. Mm -hmm. The movie's really scary, but the music is terrifying. Same with The Exorcist, Jaws, whatever. And so if she, my daughter hears scary music in the other room, she comes in, she goes, you got to turn that off. <laughs> you got to turn that off. I can't. I go, Hannah, you don't even know what the story is. She goes, the music, I can't. She's like, <laughs> that one might not watch anything until she's like 25 years old. And uh, But the other one, the, the seven-year-old is like, they keep wanting to watch Halloween because they love. I play the music. I have all. I have the soundtrack that we were playing as kids were coming trick or treating, and I had the da na 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 na. We had it blasting, and the kids love it. And then they go, "Can we watch Halloween?" I was like, "No, not yet." <laughs> no. I'm gonna say twelve, thirteen, maybe, Thir maybe thirteen. All right, Jason. Uh, in your opinion, what's the right age? I think you do a starter horror movie like Ghostbusters at like seven, six or seven, and then you move up at to like twelve or thirteen, like Kaylor said for the other stuff. That like what age? Like, Punky what? Brewster's camping episode. Which no, 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 it's not suitable for children of any age. Even at forty-five, I shouldn't be yeah. watching it. It comes with like your AARP card. You get the yeah. thermos. You either choose a thermos or Punky Brewster's camping trip. Yeah. AR. I hate everything you choose to be, Dimitri. <laughs> you have chosen poorly. <laughs> very, very poorly. Uh, I personally, I, I walk with you on that path. I think start them off with some Scooby-Doo, 
move your way up into Ghostbusters, see how your kids deal. My kids were all over the board from what they would accept, like Pacey, she's wanting Chucky at the age of six, right? My other kid at 13 is still not sure he wants to watch horror. So you'll get the vibe for your kid. But don't, again, don't make them feel bad if they're wanting out of it. Everybody deals with it at their own way. Horror is different to every person. And sometimes there's something going on that might be triggering their reaction. So be aware of that. This is a fun season. Just enjoy it for what it is. Thank you guys all for joining us today and being a part of the program. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. You got it. Bye, guys. You got it. Check out the links below. You can see how you can keep in touch with each one of our guests today. And I'd like to thank my guest, Bridget Marquardt. Again, you can follow her at the links provided in today's program guide. Thanks to Jamie Kaler and Jason Gowan for the laughs and the chills. And check out their upcoming comedy special and their weekly series, The Parents Lounge. The show's on the program guide tonight as well. And thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60, allowing me along on your journey. And may the darkness be just a little more light here with the information that we share. Enjoy the spookiness of the season, but remember to have fun. There's a time for scares and there's a time to care. Make sure to like this video and podcast, subscribe and tell everyone you know about it. And for you that are new to this podcast, welcome to our family. Welcome to the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader.